Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with episode 168 of the Tutor Podcast, the weekly show for anyone who's in the business of helping people with teaching, coaching or tutoring. Now, it's a beautiful sunny day up here in Shropshire and I'm feeling blessed to be able to talk to you guys. So today I want to talk more or less about money or to put a finer point on it, the truth about money. Because when you really understand money, you won't be controlled by it and you'll be able to, to an extent, exert some control over your financial life. So let's have a look at what money actually is. Um, money doesn't really exist, guys. I've got to break it to you gently. It's an illusion. It's a social convention that makes certain things easier. That's all it is. It's a store of value that allows us to transact business and exchange values with a lot less friction. It's kind of like uh, a lubricant. So, for instance, let's say someone wanted guitar lessons with me, but we didn't have money. Well, they would have to give me something else in exchange for my time and expertise. Now, maybe they have a sheep. I don't want a sheep. Maybe they have a goat. I don't want a goat either. Maybe they have nothing I want. But what they can do is exchange something that they have for something I want from a third party. But they have to go find that. So money makes that whole process a lot slicker, a lot faster. And that we just have these tokens that say we agree that this is worth X. So if you think money is um, elusive or hard to come by or scarce or whatever you think about money, stick with it. There's, there's plenty of it out there. It's a resource that if you've got it, you can use. If you haven't got it, you might just go in pursuit of that resource. But I've got to tell you guys, money in itself isn't a good or a bad thing. Because all it really does is act as a great big amplifier for you as a person. So the money is neutral, but it will really help to exaggerate who you are. So if you're an idiot, but you have money, you'll do larger scale idiotic things. If you're a good person, you'll be able to do larger scale good things. Now, what that really means is that money isn't bad or dirty or sinful or filthy. I mean, we've all heard the phrase filthy lucre, I guess, which means the the pursuit of money for its own ends that's immoral. You've probably been told that money's the root of all evil, that money doesn't grow on trees, that it's hard to get by. And all of this is just complete nonsense. 
Money's just a system of exchange. If you're finding money hard to come by, it could just be you're not asking for enough or you're not providing enough value that people will exchange those little tokens for what you have. Now, if you want to be successful with money, be real about it. Detach emotions from the money thing. doesn't matter. The money, in my opinion, is just a byproduct of your success. If you're good at what you do, and you ask a high enough price for it, and you let people know what you do, they'll beat a path to your door to hire you for your expertise and the effect for good that you can have on their lives. Pretty simple, right? If you have no skills, a crap attitude, and nobody knows that you're a teacher, then you're not gonna make much money at it. So let's crack on some rules to the acquisition of money, the wealth building mod, uh, model, if you like. Start with where you are. Look at your money situation now. If it's brilliant, I can't teach you anything, you can come and teach me. But wherever you are now, however much or however little money you actually have, think about how you manage it. It's really very simple to acquire wealth and it's, it's like five words and it's spend less than you earn. That's it, simple. Nobody told me that as a kid. I was told that you'd probably use a credit card or a bank overdraft or a loan or something to get what you wanted. But nah, simple as that. Spend less than you earn. When you're working for yourself, it's very easy to get sucked into leaving all the money in the business, but I think it's important that you should pay yourself first before you pay anyone or anything else. Take your salary or what you're allowing yourself out of the business every month. Stick it in a separate bank account. It's yours. You've earned it. If the business is marginal after that, you have to look at what the business is doing. But always pay yourself first. Next thing I think that's really important that certainly I wasn't told about as a kid back in the 70s and 80s was... Learn about money. In my family, we didn't really talk about money. It was a bit of a taboo subject. So I think it's vitally important that we learn, read and think about money. Because if you don't do that, you're at the mercy of everybody who is doing that. The next thing, know the difference between assets and liabilities. A liability is something that costs you money. An asset is something that brings you money. Easy peasy. Now, you can sort of break that out into a lot of different subsets of assets and liabilities, but there's a bit of a, a battle going on there for whether my home is an asset or a liability, for instance. So if you own your own home, is it liability? Maybe. If you're renting out your spare room and it's covering most of the cost of your mortgage and the, the property is appreciating in value, is it an asset? 
Probably. You've got two spare rooms. Boom. <laughs> so make your possessions work for you if you can. If you have something you can hire out, hire it out. And let all of the assets and all of your money work for you. So when the money's working for you, it's sort of sweating away in an investment somewhere generating income which in turn if you're smart you'll probably use to buy even more of those sweaty little assets to generate even more income and grow wealth over time the more of them you have the better it gets i think personally i think you should always have way more than one source of income as the pandemic has pretty much told us all over the last nearly 18 months now the the downside of having only one skill or one source of income is that you're only one day away from being redundant or furloughed or sacked so if you're in the tutoring business and you're running it around a day job great if tutoring is what you do what else are you going to do personally i'm a, a tutor um, <laughs> I'm in property, so I have a portfolio of properties which provide me a good income every month. I write books, I write music, build courses, do a bit of affiliate marketing. I'm tempted to use my newly acquired skills as an electrician to go and start another business. Um, eBay, uh, for instance, you could be buying and selling your unwanted items just to generate cash that can be put to better use. The basic thing is bring money in from all directions, preferably while you're sleeping and doing nothing. And over time, you'll experience what's called the compound effect, where the continuing acquisition of small amounts of money add up over time which become slightly bigger amounts of money, and that adds up over time. The interest compounds. It adds back to itself and generates more and more and more. Albert Einstein, I believe, called compound interest in the eighth wonder of the world. I'm with you on that one, Albie. It works like this. At the start of year one, you have, say, a £1,000 in a high-interest account, and if you exceptionally you may be able to find somewhere in the world an interest rate of 10 percent so in the first year your thousand pound earns you 100 quid at the end of the year you have 1100 quid in the bank now don't take the money out and spend it let it roll because at the start of that second year you have 1100 pounds in the bank and at 10 percent, that's going to generate 110 pounds so now you get more interest than you had the year before and at the end of the second year, you add it back in. And you have £1,210 in the bank and let it roll again. At the end of year three, your interest will go up a little bit more to £121, making a total of 1331 for the next year and so on. And every year, the amount in the bank gets bigger and it's a little more interest than the year before. It compounds up over time. But if you keep doing that and adding extra 
capital to it every month the acceleration is massive and by inversion any debts you have they'll compound in exactly the same way if you keep adding to your debt basis and the interest rate on the debt is very high then your debts will get bigger and bigger every single year until you sink now in, curiously inflation ends up doing the same thing for us I was quite surprised when I got into property that inflation could actually be a good thing for me because what it was doing was eroding the value of the mortgage debt I had on the properties in terms of spending power and increasing the value of the properties that I'd bought. That meant that at the end of the mortgage term, the debt, let's say, let's say it's £100,000 for a house, that debt in 30 years' time is going to be worth a lot less than it is today. But the property is probably going to be worth far more. So even if I don't pay the mortgage debt down, at the end of that period, I can sell the house, clear the mortgage debt, and still have a boatload of dosh left in my pocket. Now, the flip side of that, that's that I think we have to keep one eye on is that every day inflation is eating away at the value of your earnings as well. The cost of things that you want will probably go up, which means that the spending power of your money is going down. So you should always be looking at what your hourly fees are, what your fee structure is across the piece. Because it's all part of the money game. Some of us have all sorts of weird beliefs about money. For instance, that debt is always bad. I don't personally believe that. I've had some bad debts in the past where I've got myself into debt to buy stupid things. The, you know, jewellery, guitars lots of guitars, studio equipment, and things that, in retrospect, didn't add to my income stream and probably didn't even add to the quality of my life. So there's bad debt, and that's probably what we're being urged to avoid as kids. So that's anything that you owe that has paid for liabilities. So it might be a flash car that depreciates five or six thousand pounds the minute you put the key in the ignition and drive it off the forecourt. It might be that fancy watch that you thought was wonderful because it had the right design name on the front and now nobody wants because it's so passe. That's the bad debt. But the good debt does exist. If you can borrow money at a very low rate to invest in assets that produce an income stream at a higher rate than you're paying for the debt, then you have a margin and you can make money on that margin month on month. It's basically how my investment portfolio works. So every month I have to pay a mortgage on a property, not paying the principal amount down, 
just the interest. But every month the tenants pay me the rent. I pay the insurances, the management fees, I pay myself out of that, and there's money left over. So I think it's vital that you think about what you're spending your money on, what you're getting into debt for, and to start to develop a really positive, powerful mindset over money. If you don't understand it, that's a glaring hole in your education. It's what you should be looking at. Because whether we like it or not, we're swimming in a money system. So you better get to understand it, find out how it works, how it operates. And I think really respect money. You know, be be a little bit careful with it. Don't splash it around all over the place if you've got it. Respect it, hold on to it, give it a safe home. And a friend of mine said, if you give money a safe home, it will ask its friends to come and stay. So as you develop the habit of holding on to money, and looking after it, that money will ask its little money friends to come and join it. It's a bit like having a, a sanctuary for unwanted money. <laughs> so when you, when you know that the money is really just a simple game, then it loses a lot of its fear, guys. If you know the rules of the game, you have a chance of success within the game on whatever level you want. Don't take money advice from poor people. Get your money advice from people who have way more money than you do. Ask them how they did it. They'll often tell you. They like to sort of reach back and help other people along. Maybe they see something of themselves in you. So get your money advice from successful wealthy people not from paupers and not from people who tell you that money isn't everything because honestly guys people who say that kind of stuff will lie to you about other things too if somebody says they're not interested in the money they probably haven't got any if someone says money's hard to come by then they're talking about their own experience of not having sufficient value that people will pay them well for it means they haven't quite cracked the code yet. So I want you to think about becoming wealthy as a tutor. It's not a bad thing. It's a byproduct of your success. That's all money is. If you value it, you can attract it to yourself. If you don't value money, it will simply evaporate from your purse or your wallet or your bank account. Those numbers on the screen will get smaller and smaller and smaller. And it will always seem to be slipping away from you. So choose between having money and not having money. I've been dead skinned and I've been <laughs> way back. <laughs> Having more money than sense, as my old man would have said. Now, I'm in a pretty good position financially. I'm quite happy and content. Multiple income streams and work for me is, is a choice. I don't have to go and do it anymore, so I get to do what I like more. 
because I've got enough money to finance that. The weird thing is, it's gotten easier as the figures got bigger. So I'm now able to use that money for good, to take good care of my the people who live in my properties, to spend more time with my students. You know, if you've got no money, who can you help? Mm, not so many people. If you've got plenty of money, then maybe you can help more people. You can do a bit more good in the world. It's entirely up to you. One of the toxic things that I think I want to have a quick word about here is the idea of being rich and poor. What does that actually mean? Well, they don't actually mean anything. They're just comparisons. If you think of someone who's poor in Africa, say, versus someone who's poor in the UK, to the African person, the, the person living in the UK who is, by our standards, poor, would look incredibly affluent. They're actually political terms, I think. They're a little bit toxic. I think rich is probably better replaced with the word financially successful as a result of being really good at what they do. You can generate your own definition of a poor person, which would be a great thing to send in to the Tudor podcast. So email me. It's info at neilcamino.com. So, guys, at the end of the day, money's just a byproduct. It's, it's what happens when you play the game well. If you master it, it'll never master you. If you become a slave to it, it can be a very cruel master. So, have a real good thing about money. Most of what I was told, or the absence of being told anything positive about money, probably set me back decades when I updated my belief system by working with people who were financially successful, who ran their own businesses, then my belief system got upgraded too. There's an awful lot of things that, with hindsight, we never even talked about at school. We didn't talk about at home. Where I grew up, not many people had money. If you owned your own home, you were totally the exception. Now, that hole in my education, the attitudes that went with it, was very costly. So go and start learning about money. Think about it and let me know what you think. If this helps you, if it, if it gives you a bit of a rocket, then that's cool. I'd love to hear from you. So I'm off out to enjoy the sunshine today. I wish you all a beautiful sunny day. Join me next time. Well, I'm Neil Camero. Yes, the geezer with a funny name. In the next episode of the Tudor Podcast, where we'll be talking about tutoring, business, success, and how you can start, grow, and love your tutoring business. 
get in touch with your thoughts, with your responses. If this stuff resonates with you, you'll find me on Twitter where I am at Tudor Podcast. And get in touch by email. It is info at neilcowardo.com. And I'll be listening. So till next time, have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media. And the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses. 